Hello everyone, my name is Carolyn. Welcome to the Saving for Your First Home podcast. I am the CEO of The Financial Moment. We offer money coaching for those who are ready and willing to make financial changes in their lives. For the most of us, there comes a point in time where we think to ourselves, it would be really nice to own property. But it sometimes can feel like a pipe dream and not very easily obtainable. So I created this podcast to give you all the information and tools you need to take the steps forward toward home ownership. Take it from me, my husband and I started our lives together working part-time jobs with a young child. Fast forward through many hiccups and failures, we stepped our feet into our very first home. For us, it was a pile of dirt, but eventually our family home was built on that dirt. Now we are in the midst of growing our investment property portfolio. I created the Savings for Your First Home podcast to give you easy, actionable tools for you to do the same. If you have that same gut feeling that I did and want to create a life for yourself and your growing family, but don't know where to start, you are in the right place. Let's do this. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Saving for Your First Home podcast. I'm Carolyn, your money coach. I thought it's been a while since I've done a Q&A on the podcast, so I thought I would gather up some of the questions that I'm most commonly asked and share them with you all. But before I get into all of that, this time of year, I swear, is the most craziest time of year. My son actually had a birthday on April the 3rd, and he turned 27. I know, I know. I look too young to have a (laughs) 27-year-old. So we were out celebrating that. And then we have year end, which a lot of organizations, they have their physical year end on March 31st, which makes it an extremely busy time. And then it's tax time, add that to the mix. And then Easter's coming up and we celebrate Easter in our family. So not only am I hosting Easter in my family, but our family celebration for my son's birthday. So I think I have a lot on my plate this week. (laughs) So anyway, I know you've had experiences like this where everything seems to pile on all at once. So I'm sure you can sympathize. And this is the exact time when your budget can go out of whack because you don't have time to cook. So you end up eating out. You have all these additional expenses. Like I said, I have Easter and my son's birthday and so forth. And so those are additional expenses that I normally don't have. So it leads me to my very first question that I get all the time. And it's how do you prepare for these unexpected things that come up? So my answer to this is to create a sinking fund. Now, if you've never heard of what a sinking fund is, it is basically just a pot of money that you're setting aside for a particular purpose. So in the instance of birthdays, we all have them. We all have family. We all have friends. We all have people that we celebrate. And so birthdays are 100% guaranteed to come up every year. And so the idea is that you actually plan out and budget for them. And how do you do that? Well, first off, estimate what it is you think you're going to spend on each birthday and go through the calendar year. So January to December, each person that you celebrate normally and kind of budget a set amount for each one. So just for the purposes of my example, let's say I'm going to budget $200 per birthday and I have 10 birthdays. 
So that would mean I have about $2,000 that I need to allocate to the birthday sinking fund. Where do I get that money from? Well, you take a percentage of your income and you put it into the sinking fund every time you get paid. So in my example, if I take $2,000 and divide it by the number of pays that I get per year, whether that be once a month or every two weeks, for this example, I'll use every two weeks, that is 26 pays for the year, that would equal $77 approximately that I need to take out of my pay and allocate to the birthday fund. Now, it seems like a lot, doesn't it, right? If you're thinking about every two weeks, $77. Now, in the scheme of things, you have to come up with that money anyways. You end up spending it anyways, and probably $200 per birthday is probably on the low end because, you know, you go out for dinner, you have a present, you know, there's different things that are involved in a birthday celebration. So, you know, whatever your budget is, it could be less, it could be more, you need to do this exercise because this way, the money is there sitting for you. It's ready when that birthday event comes up. You just take the money out and you have it there to spend when you need it. This way, it takes all the stress off of you. And these sinking funds can be set up for anything. You can set them up for car repairs, for Christmas, for dental work. Honestly, for any expense that you have that is not coming out of your normal everyday budget. And I don't want you to forget about your emergency savings fund. That is super important because there are some things that you just can't plan for. As much as you think you can, something is going to come up and you're not going to have the money for it. So these financial emergencies need to be addressed ahead of time. And the golden rule is that you put away three to six months of your income because, you know, it could be job loss, could be anything, medical concerns, whatever the story may be. I know three to six months of income, it seems like a lot of money, but I just want you to start somewhere, you know, try and allocate maybe 500 or a thousand dollars over a course of a period of time, six months to a year. You know, once you get started, it's actually something that you kind of enjoy doing. You see that money building in your account and you know that if something comes up, you're going to be prepared. So don't get hung up on the amount. I just want you to start. All right. So the second question that I get asked a lot is how much debt should I pay down each month? And debt is a funny thing because we create debt because we probably don't have enough money to do whatever it is we want to do. And debt can make it very difficult to reach your financial goals because a big portion of your income is going to either credit cards, student loans, or other debt. So as a rule of thumb, 36% of your monthly income should be going to debt if you own a home. So that would be including a mortgage. Now, if you are renting, then your debt should be no more than 20% of your income. Right. So this is according to the Customer Financial Protection Bureau. So I guess the best answer to this question is, yes, you should be paying off your credit cards on a monthly basis down to zero. But I know that not everybody can do that. So use these percentages as guidelines. You don't really want to get over this amount in your debt load because it's going to have a negative impact on all areas of your life. And then if you really want to create a repayment structure or program, then you know what, reach out to me because I can help you with different ways to pay down your debt and not feel that it's 
totally overwhelming you. I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I do offer one-on-one money coaching because I know some people need that extra hand to guide them through this process of creating a budget, paying down debt, and really allocating your money towards your financial goals. So if you're ready, and I say, if you're ready, then I suggest that you contact me. You can send me a DM through Instagram or Facebook and, or just shout me an email and just say that you're ready to take on this commitment of setting up your finances for success. It doesn't matter what your current situation is. The best thing you can do for yourself is advocate for change. The next question that I commonly get is how do I prioritize my money? So I know I have some big goals that I want to obtain, like buying a home or paying down debt or just traveling every year. How do I prioritize my money so that I can do the things that I want to do? And that comes down to your personal strategic plan or AKA your budget. So there are budgets for all sorts of different type of people. We have budgets that are for people that like some flexibility. There are budgets for people that like to track things down to the last penny. And if you haven't listened to episode six, which is let's create a budget, I highly suggest you go back and listen to that episode because it really talks about four different ways and there are more, trust me, but we focus on four different styles of budgets. So see what works for you. The last thing you want is a budget that's going to feel restricting and not allowing you to do the things you want to do. The whole purpose of going to work, making an income is so that you can A, provide for the people that you love and B, to be able to enjoy the money that you're making. And the last thing to add on this is that it's important to actually track where your money is going. So again, I'm going to stress that if you are having a problem with this or you've never done this before, then reach out to me and send me a DM because I can help. I've developed a six-week program that walks you through some of the lessons that we talk about on the podcast, but in a much deeper and personal way. I give you tools so that you can actually track and develop your financial strategic plan, and I help you develop a way to pay off your debt. So Again, if this resonates with you, then please reach out to me because I'm here to help you. The next question that I get a lot is how much should I budget for investments or savings? So to answer this question, I'm going to use the 50-30-20 rule. And what that means is 50% of your income is going to be allocated to your needs. And that is the absolute essentials for survival kind of like rent, mortgage payments, maybe your car or transportation bills, groceries, insurance, all those kinds of things. Those are those are your essentials. Those are things that you need to spend money on. And then you have your 30%, and that is for your wants. And these are things like dinners out, entertainment, vacations can be included in there, gym memberships, watching television, cable, Netflix, streaming apps, all those things kind of fall into the wants category. And then finally, we have the 20% that's left, and that should be allocated to saving and investing. So 
I don't like to recommend in particular things to invest in as I'm not a financial advisor. However, I want you to ensure that you have money allocated for your emergency savings fund. So that's part of the 20%. Retirement is another thing that you should think about when you're investing. And if you have children, then you're thinking perhaps about your, their education costs. That could be another set of money that you are investing. So the answer to this is different for everybody. But if we follow the general guideline of the 50-30-20 rule, then we can see where we're at. If we're too high in one area, we need to scale back perhaps in our wants, or maybe even our needs are too high. Maybe we're paying rent that is far too expensive than what you can afford. Saving and investing can be fun, but just make sure that they're aligned with your goals. A lot of people get into the traps of, you know, trying to make a quick buck on the stock market or in cryptocurrency and these other facets of money. And there's nothing wrong with that, but just make sure that you've already allocated the main things out first before you go and play around to try and have fun in the markets. Another question that people often ask is, how do I go about tracking my expenses, my savings, and my goals? So there are a ton of apps out there, right? Things that you can track your expenses by downloading your banking information and drop it into the app, and it's going to show you all sorts of percentages and things. So if you're an app kind of person, then perhaps that's for you. But don't be intimidated by those apps because they can be complicated and all you really need is a pen and a paper. So first up, write down your goals. Write down what it is that is important to you. And then I go through a series of steps to create actual SMART goal, which means it's something that's actually going to be obtainable for you. And if you want the worksheet on that, all you have to do is head to thefinancialmoment.com backslash smart goals and you can download the sheet and it's free and it really is a great tool to just work through and create your goals with specific realistic targets. So I'll start there. The next thing is to record your spending. Now again, this doesn't need to be complicated. If you are good with Excel or even just use Google Sheets, just write down or type in all of your spend and you can do this maybe I would say weekly or bi-weekly whenever you get paid but it's important to keep up with your spending so you know where you're at in any given time during the month. People tend to spike their spending when they get paid right it's almost like you forget all of the rules all the guidelines everything that you put in place goes kind of out the window money's in your hand and you're ready to burn it. So what I would do is to ensure that you're tracking what you're spending so that you're still falling within your guidelines. And then next, you need to track where your money is going out to when it comes to your saving and your investing. How are you on track to reaching your targets, whether that be your emergency savings fund, your sinking funds, your investments, your retirement savings plans. And this is maybe something that you can do on a monthly basis or even a quarterly basis. You don't need to be checking this every day, but it's nice to see the growth, right? So keep an eye on those as well to make sure that you're hitting your target. Okay, so having said all of that, I want to provide you guys with some resources that's going to help you do all of these things. So the first thing 
obviously, is to contact me and we can set up our one-on-one and walk through the program. Number two is I want you to download the guides. So number one guide is the budget tip guide that actually helps you to stick to a budget once you've created it. And number three is the smart goal worksheets. So you go ahead and download that and you can work on that and create goals that are going to be realistic for you. And then finally, I haven't mentioned this before, but on the Government of Canada website, there's actually a budget planner. And it's, you know, it's a basic planner, but it's fairly intuitive, right? You start your budget, you enter your data, and then it actually gives you some summary and suggestions. So why not? make access of that as well. So I'm going to link that one in the show notes. If you want to take a look at that, you can actually download a spreadsheet and everything. So I hope I've given you a lot of resources and ways that you can really put your budget to work and make your money work for you. And if you don't mind, if you're enjoying this podcast, give me a review. I really appreciate each one of you. And it would be lovely to hear from you to see what your thoughts are on the podcast. And if you want to DM me on Instagram or Facebook, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on any of these tips that I provided. All right, I hope you guys have a great week and we'll see you in the next one. Thank you for listening. We are committed to helping you place your very first steps into your new home. See you next time.